Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chris Kelly, who's Vice President at Connors Group. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, Simon. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. No, you're more than welcome. Now, that's not a British accent. So uh, where, are you, <laughs> where are you based? No, it definitely is not. Um, we are based in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the United States. So the East Coast uh, of the United States is where our corporate office is. That's where I live. Uh, but we've got folks um, really scattered all over. Excellent. So we'll, we'll find out a bit more around what Connors do. And uh, those that are familiar with the work that we do will find it very similar, which is good. And you'll kind of see some of the synergies as we, we work through this chat. But tell us a bit about yourself, Chris. How did you end up at Connors? What did you do before? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so I've been with Connors Group for, uh, for, for about six years now. Um, prior to that, actually going back to how I originally started my career, um, started my career in consulting right out of college, uh, even before graduating, uh, worked at HB Maynard, which was uh, um, an industrial engineering consulting firm here in the United States that had been around for uh, the better part of 75 years at the time. Um, that business was ultimately acquired um, in the mid-2000s, uh, and that's when a lot of us who were at HB Maynard at the time scattered and, and went into different uh, careers and different industries and different organizations. And that's when I, uh, at the time, went to Giant Eagle, which is a, a pretty good-sized grocer here in North America, um, ran uh, corporate store operations for them, so had responsibility for labor management and uh, a variety of other different functions there. Um, and then, you know, decided about after 10 years of my time in industry, decided to join back uh, with Connors Group and have just been thrilled to uh, to be back working in the consulting space and, uh, you know, love everything that we do here. Excellent. And then tell us a bit, bit about Connors then. So some people may be familiar with the name, others not because of the kind of uh, distance. You're I'd call you call us kind of brothers and sister type companies. We we work well on a lot of things together and do a lot of joint things. But tell tell us in your words what Connors do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great way to describe it. I think we uh, part of the reason why we've done so well working together is we definitely um, have very similar values and uh, approach to the way we serve our customers. But um, Connors Group, in a nutshell, we are a workforce management and industrial engineering consulting firm. Um, so we primarily help our customers with things related to workforce management, process improvement. Uh, we get into customer service and sales driving type uh, services on the retail side of our business. Um, and our customer base really spans a couple key industries, certainly very heavy in retail, uh, also supply chain, distribution logistics. Uh, but we also still do a fair amount of work in some of the legacy, more traditional industrial engineering uh, industries, such as manufacturing. Uh, we have certainly expanded our, our business into some new areas like um, banking and healthcare, um, places where industrial engineers are starting to um, you know, provide their services and use their skills in, in different new ways. Uh, so that's been fun for us. We uh, we definitely take the perspective that industrial engineers can work in any industry. Um, and that has certainly allowed us to continue to grow and, and service some really neat customers over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. People always ask me, where where is it applicable? And my view is always well, where there's people doing things. So that's pretty much, pretty much everywhere, right? 
Exactly. I mean, I think that's the way that we see how we help our customers is it doesn't matter what your people are doing. Um, they're doing work. They're servicing customers. And that customer could be you know, uh, the traditional customer in a retail sense. It could be a patient uh, in a healthcare environment. It could be someone coming into a bank. Um, you have people that are serving other people in some way, shape, or form. And um, that's how we view work, very similar to how you guys do. And there's uh, certainly ways that those companies and, and organizations can be helped. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the thing that's interesting, so we'll, we'll try and not, we'll try and keep this fairly non-technical. Otherwise we'll both end up um, using this podcast or people who are using this podcast <laughs> to go to sleep rather than, uh, than learn anything from. But I, I think it's quite interesting maybe to explore how we measure things typically in Europe and how that's the same and maybe different in America, Canada and, and, the, and that part of the world. So, Maybe give an overview of some of the methodologies you use in in layman's terms. Yeah, I think, you know, in the United States, I think predominantly the methodology that we use to measure work um, is most, which is a predetermined motion time system um, that is taught to industrial engineers, um, you know, has been in place in the industrial engineering community for, uh, you know, for decades, um, going back to more traditional uh, manufacturing applications, but it has grown to be used in you know, really any setting today where whether it's retail, distribution, healthcare, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's a methodology that applies a standardized time amount to motions that humans take while doing work. Um, while we still certainly do a fair amount of time study, it's a methodology that uh, organizations are comfortable with. It certainly has its, um, pr- you know, position and place in the market today. We've definitely seen more organizations, at least here domestically in the States, shift to some sort of predetermined uh, time-based system. It's interesting because I'd say in Europe, we're probably slightly the way around. So there's a an appreciation of most and other methodologies that are similar, but people are more comfortable or more interested maybe is the right word in give me warts and all of what's actually happening on the floor which is clearly then when um, direct observation rated activity sampling production studies so so long studies of a specific role come into play so it's, it's interesting how we're kind of close and far apart but all in all we're using the same methodologies in different guises, but there's some standardization pretty much across the world in terms of most and then all the other um, ways of studying that we've talked about. Um, and do you have any kind of conclusion or opinion on why there'd be that difference? That's a really good question. I, I think I've, I've thought about that and I think it's it's probably a couple of things. I think one, it's just you know, what folks are comfortable with and used to, um, you know, the communities that you and I work within the workforce management, um, labor standards, time study community is not a, you know, it's not a big group of folks, right? It's a relatively small world uh, to use a common phrase. And I think, um, you know, at least here domestically in the United States, I think that community has just gradually shifted to a predetermined approach for a variety of reasons. I think it's what was taught in the schools here in the United States. So I think as engineers came out of school, they were taught that 
um, time study methodology. And gradually over time, it just became more and more accepted um, as you know, folks went into industry and moved around to different companies to the point today where it's just the norm. Um, not the time study, again, is, is bad or ignored or not used. I think there's just been a shift towards um, folks being comfortable with that type of methodology. So that's what they stick with. Um, versus you know, in Europe, I think it's the same story and would love to get your perspective on it. And I think it's just what you know, folks are comfortable with and what they're used to and they understand it. They know how to work with it and how to apply it. Um, but is, is that what you think is, is driving the difference between Europe and the United States? Yeah, I think I think there may be geography as well, and I don't. I know they're clearly different countries in uh, different continents, but I think Europe, most countries are re- relatively small, so the the spread of locations is easier to get to if you're doing sure. site study. Clearly, in the states, you've got east coast, west coast, and there's a big the big physical difference between the two in terms of time zones and travel. So I suspect that that does play a lot easier to kind of use in the most methodology. And and absolutely, in, in the UK, there's much more, I'd say, teaching across the methodologies rather than there being a primary focus on time study or rated activity sampling or even most. So, yeah, heritage of what people are being taught clearly will drive, I suppose, a, a more polarized view on some of those methodologies. But I think geography probably pays, plays a big part in ease of access to some of those methodologies as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I think when, when customers come to us that have maybe never done this before or are thinking about changing the way that they, they measure their work, Often the reason for wanting to go to a, a predetermined system like most is what you described there. They're geographically dispersed across the United States. They have many facilities that are very different. And for them to physically be able to go to those facilities, go to those stores and maintain or initially set times for those activities can be time consuming and can be daunting. And I think that predetermined system helps alleviate some of those pressures, right? You don't necessarily have to go see every activity in every facility. Um, so there's a there's certainly some practical reasons, um, scale, geography, all the things that you mentioned. And probably it also helped influence um, that shift to most and other predetermined systems for measuring things. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the big things, kind of mo- moving on slightly, that we get asked a lot, and I'm interested to see again if you get the same kind of questions is so what what do you do with the data so we, we've got this richness of data however we've captured it through most through direct observation time study whatever that might be we end up with ultimately a bunch of time data against a code or against a, an activity which might be you know pick up hht put down hht so we've got time we've got activity task element however you want to describe it where do you guys take that data then? Because for some organizations, it's kind of give me that data, I'll go off and do my own stuff. But I know you guys have some capability to do kind of next step work with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question, Simon. I think it's definitely a spectrum in terms of uh, what our customers want to do with the data. Certainly, there are folks that do say, hey, give me the data. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your efforts and uh, I can take it from here. Um, I would say that's probably the less common of them. Um, 
But what we often do is either that data ends up in a labor standard system or platform. Uh, we do have our own Labor Pro, which is a engineered labor standard software that we developed at Connors Group um, that we use internally on all of our projects to develop and maintain and database uh, labor standards and time study data. Uh, many of our customers do choose to license that software from us, whether they're switching from an existing labor standards platform um, or if they don't have one in place today. Um, we've definitely had a lot of folks take us um, take us with them on that journey to implementing the labor standards software. So in many cases, that's where it stops. They license our software from us or we input our labor standards into their existing labor standards software platform. Um, but then again, many of our customers have us take us even further than that, where um, the labor standards time study work that we will develop uh, is configured into their workforce management software. Um, ultimately, you know, customers want to use labor standards data for writing accurate schedules, determining financial budgets. Um, they ultimately want to do something with that data that is valuable back to their business. Um, and probably the place that it's the most valuable to them is in a scheduling system. So uh, we certainly are very capable and often will take our labor standards and, and do that configuration in uh, a UKG, a Reflexus, a Ceridian, whoever it may be. And that then leads to, I assume, easier maintenance, easier updates of those standards over time that then just flow back through into workforce management, update the demand and therefore make the schedules more accurate. Yeah, that's definitely the, the end to end vision that, uh, we think is best in class in the industry, which is you have a labor standards repository like a labor pro um, that your teams are using to maintain labor standards, make edits, adjustments, whether it's a process has changed um, and thus the labor standard needs to change or physical changes have happened within your buildings. You know, stores have been remodeled, distribution center processes have changed, whatever it may be. All of that is maintained in Labor Pro. And then you're right, Labor Pro integrates directly with those workforce management systems. So those two things are always in sync. If a process has changed, the standard then changes. That's automatically fed into your workforce management system. So schedules are updated and labor demand updates uh, essentially in real time. And I'm assuming all this lives in the cloud. So they kind of it's all connected <laughs> and you can plug into WFM, all that kind of stuff. It does, yeah. The magic of the cloud, it uh, it certainly makes uh, integrating systems and passing data from one system to another much easier. Um, so yeah, everything is cloud-based. Um, and most workforce management systems are going that way. There are still are some on-prem uh, instances out there, but certainly the cloud is where uh, all the workforce management systems are headed today. Yeah, yeah. Be a, a big old cloud by now. <laughs> the cloud keeps getting bigger it does it does um hey ho we'll, we'll, we'll see if we ever see if we ever see blue sky there's all these different <laughs> ways of looking at it we've got a problem because the clouds disappeared but um yeah it's up there somewhere i'm sure yeah so we i suppose the last two three years lockdown aside have kind of started to work more closely together as you said um at the start, I think we share the same kind of philosophies, views on customers, views on quality of data and, and views on work. So 
you want to touch just on kind of some of the things that um, maybe people are listening, if they're listening in the States, if they're listening in Europe, then clearly between the two of us, we can pretty much conquer the world now. <laughs> That's at least what we're trying to do. Uh, but no, I, I think, you know, we got to know each other, um, you know, in a much closer way over the last couple of years. I think we've always, you know, again, this world is pretty small, right? The workforce yep. management, time study, uh, labor standards community is pretty t- closely knit. So we've known each other for many years, but I think over the last couple of years, we've really had the chance to work together and it's been great. Um, you know, for us at Connors Group, when we look at partners, uh, we really look at a couple key things that we care about. And, and at the top of that list is, you know, cultural fit. Do we have the same values? Do we want to serve and treat our customers in the same way? And clearly we are perfectly aligned to that. Um, the way that you and your the folks within Rethink um, work with your customers, your your track record of you know focusing on the success of your customers is exactly the way that we think. Customer first, 100%. Um, so having that cultural, you know, philosophical alignment was really important to us. Uh, but also, you know, we have um, services and software that really complements each other. Whether it's you know technical with the time study software that that you have, uh, Retime versus our labor standards repository, Labor Pro, those two things naturally work very well together. Um, then, in terms of geographical reach, it makes a lot of sense, right? We have customers in Europe. You work with folks in the United States, and vice versa. Uh, it just makes sense for us to partner with each other, especially in the world of COVID, where travel was restricted. Um, we were able to serve our collective customers across North America and Europe um, much better when a time during a time when, when neither of us could travel very well. Um, so I'm really excited, uh, Simon, about where our partnership is headed, uh, the work that we continue to do together, and the way that we're we're both serving our mutual customers. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it's one of those watch this space, everybody, and uh, and see where it takes us because uh, yeah. The joint thinking, I think, can just take the industry to a, a certainly higher place than maybe anybody expected. So um, exciting times. Absolutely. So final question from me then, uh, before we close, Chris, is what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, it's it's funny you ask that because um, – we have a, a mentor program here at Connors Group, so it's an opportunity for senior leaders to get connected with uh, our more junior staff, right? Folks are just coming up in their career, um, and it's a chance to for us to have that mentor-mentee relationship and help coach uh, our, our young up-and-coming industrial engineers. And that's a question they often ask me is, hey, what, what, what advice would you give to a young engineer? Or, you know, what advice did, do you wish you had early in your career? And it's very similar to the question you just asked me. And I think the answer that I often give is I, I really do believe it is just the importance of maintaining your professional network. That's um, going to serve you so well as you go throughout your career. And I look at the relationship that we have, the relationship that we mutually have with our customers. It's a relationship driven world in business. I know I've said it probably four or five times now, but this community is pretty closely knit. It's a small world and um, being able to maintain really good relationships, whether it's with your customers or other professionals in the industry, I think is critical to personal and professional success. Um, 
And I just think it's something that, you know, we teach our young folks here at Connors Group to really keep in mind. Um, and I, I definitely try to do that every day And as I support my customers and work with our partners like you. Uh, it's about networks and relationships and, uh, you know, treating people well and working very closely with them. No, absolutely. And as you say, it's a small world. So um, you've got to be got to make sure you're trying to impress because if you upset people, it, again, it's a small world and it can work the opposite way. Absolutely. Brilliant. We'll, we'll pause there. I really appreciate you coming on. If people want to reach out to you personally, is LinkedIn the best way or if you've got an email address you want to share? Yeah, LinkedIn's great. Um, that's always a very easy way to, to find us. Um, you know, our website is uh, connorsllc.com. Um, you can also um, find us or you can find me at uh, ckelly at connorsllc.com. Um, so multiple different ways to get a hold of us, uh, but LinkedIn's probably the uh, the most direct and easy way to find us without too much searching. Uh, but please reach out. Uh, if there's anything we can do to help you or just have a conversation, we love connecting with folks in the industry. Um, just to have a, an open chat and uh, share ideas and thinking. We uh, we certainly love doing that. Brilliant. Always a pleasure to catch up, Chris. Really appreciate your time coming on and we'll speak soon. Likewise, Simon. Yep. I appreciate you having me on. Have a great day.